0: When it comes to the creation of mankind, it is done with great deliberation and great focus. So much so that even the Apostle Paul, when dealing with man and woman, refers back to pre-culture, pre-history, at the very beginning, to state his case. He does so underneath God's banner. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Today, we are back in the book of Genesis as we focus in on the creation of man and woman. It's a very strong argument for a lot of issues that swirl around us in our culture today. Join us as we go to God's Word in the very beginning to get the truth of the matter between man and woman and just what God created. Here's Pastor Layton in today's program.
1: Now, our study today focuses on God's Crowning creation, and of course, we're speaking of mankind, and we're going to pick the narrative up at verse 26 in chapter 1 of Genesis. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, God is spirit, so there can be no likeness or image of Him in the normal sense. And it was strongly prohibited in Scripture because of of the close ties it has with idolatry. We are prohibited from making images about God, but God has made an image, and the image that God has made concerning Himself is us. We are made in His image. We are made in His likeness. And that's one of the reasons why God values people so much. We are made to reflect His majesty here on earth. Genesis affirms that mankind is the goal of creation and that his welfare is God's supreme concern, which is a contrary to some people's philosophy that mankind is simply an afterthought. Now, notice that there is one God who creates everything. The theological controversy in the day of Moses was between one God and many gods, The nations that surrounded the people of Israel had traditions that tried to explain the origin of the universe and mankind. Uh, These myths involved uh, monsters battling deep in the ocean and gods who were fighting in the, the skies above. But this simple account in Genesis presents us with one God who created all things and is still in control of His creation. The God of Genesis is the only true God and has no rival gods to contend with, such as you read about in the ancient myths and fables uh, of the the ancient world. Now, some of our missionaries have told us of how exciting this news is uh, and and causing people to celebrate who have been taught that there are many gods that must be pleased. And they were worried about sacrificing to one god that it might elicit the disfavor or jealousy of another god, and so they spent much time and effort Attempting to please every God. What a relief it was to find out there's really only one God that we need to please. There's only one God, but notice that God speaks to himself in the plural. Let us make man in our image. Us, singular or plural? Plural. Our, singular or plural? Plural. Plural. God speaks to Himself in the plural. Now, although we can't from this passage and those in the Old Testament determine that God was a trinity, we know that God uh, speaks of Himself in the plural. The trinity was identified on one occasion when you had all three together in the same place at the same time. And I'm, of course, referring to the baptism of Jesus Christ. He was present, being baptized. The Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove, And a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All three present in the same place at the same time. That's when we knew that God was a trinity. (coughs) Um, The one true God exists as three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This does not mean that one God manifests himself in three different forms or that there are three different gods. It means that one God exists in three persons who are equal in their attributes, yet individual and distinct in their offices and ministries. And then we have the let us statements that we find here in Genesis and elsewhere that suggest that the persons of the God had all worked together and were all involved in the planning and executing of God's will for the universe and the plan of salvation. According to Ephesians chapter 1, The plan of salvation is Trinitarian. We were chosen by the Father. We were purchased by the Son. And we were sealed by the Holy Spirit. All of this to the praise of God's glory. And this is all planned before even the creation of the world. One Bible scholar described it thus. He says, as far as God the Father is concerned, I was saved when He graciously chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. As for God the Son... I was saved when he died for me on the cross. As for the God, the Holy Spirit, I was saved when the Spirit of God convicted me and I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Then from God planned for all eternity, fell into place in my life. Verse 27. So God created in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, sometimes in the Bible, you come across the word man. It refers to male. Sometimes it refers to mankind. Here, the word is intended in the generic meaning, meaning mankind, including male and female. And by the way, evolution has never been able to explain how genders began. But the Bible says that God created genders. And there are only two, male and female. Furthermore, the Bible says that the decision of who is male and who is female is God's decision. He created them male and female. And since there is a clear distinction in the design of each gender, there is no gender confusion for someone who believes in God and God's word. Now, God discusses with himself, and what's revealed is that God decided to make man different from all of the other creatures. We're the only ones that are described as being made in his image and likeness. And that means we can have a close relationship with him that no other creature can enjoy. Mankind, both male and female, were created in the image of God. Image and likeness are very, like, synonymous terms, both indicate personality, moral, and spiritual qualities that God and mankind share such as self-consciousness, God-consciousness, freedom, responsibility, communication, moral discernment, and so forth. This is what distinguishes humans from animals. The image is also found in the type of relationship that was designed to exist between male and female human beings, a relationship where the distinctive characteristics of each gender are valued and form a unity or oneness in their identity and purpose. By ruling as one, male and female fulfill the purpose of God for which they were created. And it is this unity between male and female and between humanity and God that was destroyed in the fall, described in Genesis chapter 3. Unity or oneness means being in agreement with God's will and purpose. And oneness is really essential for, say, for instance, an orchestra or an athletic team or a construction crew or a family in order to achieve a common purpose. And one is in marriage is essential if husband and wife are to fulfill God's purpose for mankind. Verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. So God's blessing on mankind defines expressions in terms such as bearing children, or being fruitful and multiplying. And these uh, themes uh, continue throughout not only Genesis, but the entire Bible. Sexual union is God's created and ordained method of multiplying descendants. It is good so long as as it's within God's guidelines. God designed family for mom and dad to work together, and that's why it's so difficult being a single parent. When I look at the struggles that single parents have, I think they're just super people, what they have to deal with. But it was designed by God so that both mom and dad would be involved in raising the family. And as children observe both godly parents uh, modeling a harmonious marriage, they learn to appreciate their own identity and the roles of husband and wife and, and so forth. God commanded mankind to subdue the earth. Subdue means to act as managers who have the authority to run everything as God planned. And this command applies both to male and female. God gave mankind authority and responsibility to regulate nature and to advance civilization. Nature was designed to serve man, not the other way around. However, this does not give mankind the right to abuse nature. The dominion of mankind was directly related to the image of God in him. Now, this passage also reveals to us that mankind and perhaps all animals were initially vegetarian until after the flood. Isaiah chapter 11 is interesting because it indicates that carnivorous beasts will return to this kind of diet when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on earth. It reads, listen to this, the wolf will live with the lamb. Notice it says, live with not dying on. The wolf, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will die, lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. Even a child is not going to be afraid. The cow will feed with the bear instead of the bear feeding on the cow. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra. The young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. When the knowledge of the Lord fills the earth, there's going to be a lot that changes for the better. Something we have to look forward to. Now there are some who believe that since mankind used to live almost a thousand years... Uh, As vegetarians before the flood, if we just turn back into vegetarians, that can greatly extend our lifetime. The theory fails to consider that there have been many dramatic changes in the earth and environment
0: which contributed to the shortening of a lifespan. Well, we are just getting underway in our study of Genesis, exploring creation from God's point of view laid out for us here in Genesis. Genesis. If you have questions about today's program, we invite you to reach out to us. There's a great way to do so through our website, highlands.us. You can also glean information there regarding Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno when we meet, service times, and our location. Again, it's all at highlands.us. As well as information about this radio program, Study, Verse by Verse, and our pastor, Layton Sheely. Again, Highlands. U.S. Join us there and then come back tomorrow as we continue our journey through Genesis looking at the creation of man. That's tomorrow on Study Verse by Verse with our teacher and pastor, Layton Sheely.